Hello there, and welcome to the exciting world of HIP. This is a new departure in language instruction. For English-speaking people who want to talk to and be understood by jazz musicians, hipsters, beatniks, juvenile delinquents, and the criminal friends. Bonjour, madame. Bonjour, monsieur. Nous allons, grâce à ce disque créé spécialement pour vous, essayer de tirer ensemble le maximum de qualité sonore de votre chaîne haute fidélité. Sit back, relax, and close your eyes. One, two, three, four...
beat on the front, beat on the front, beat on the front with the baseball bat. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh. Beat on the front, beat on the front, beat on the front with the baseball bat. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh. San Francisco trips, we went to Jello Biafra's wedding reception at Target Video. Some of the flipper guys and some of the flag guys got together on the Target stage and started playing. It was intense. I didn't have the guts to sing. I was scared of the flipper guys. Ted Falcone, their bass player, that guy's heavy. They never relented, ever. I would try and talk to them, they'd always give me the flipper treatment. I never knew if one of them was going to pull some shit. It's not as if they were rock stars or anything. They were just heavy, heavier than you, heavier than anything. They didn't care. That's just the way they were. I didn't mind. When they played, they were amazing. Riverside, California. This was one of Greg's bad equipment nights. He would have problems with his gear a lot. Amp smoking and shorting out. His shit started frying during the middle of the set on this night. He sat down on the stage with a soldering iron and started work while the rest of the band kept going. We were doing what we called the trudge riff at the time. It didn't have any lyrics. I looked over at Chuck for some advice as to what to do, and he said, Just scream! So I started screaming. Greg wrote some real lyrics to the song later on, and the song title was changed to Scream. December, Washington, D.C., two sets. The 930 Club. It was cool to play at the same club I had seen Black Flag in several months before. I learned something that night that has stuck with me. I got shit from some of the people I knew. They told me that I had become some kind of rock star. 
The fact that I left Washington, D.C. and come back in this big band was a sellout. Some people I had known for years treated me strange. It hurt at first, and then I realized something. You're going to do what you're going to do, and that's all there is to it. From that night on, I figured they can go get fucked. From then on, I treated D.C. like any other city on the tour. When I played there, I did the same thing that I did in the city the night before and the city the night after. I played my guts out and loaded the gear back into the van. Most of the people I knew were glad to see me, and that was good. I was very young and had a lot to learn about how people were and how the real world worked. I found out big time, often in large doses I might not have been ready for. I did the best I could. UK Tour After our gig in Washington, D.C., we set out for England. I had been there once with my mother several years before. I remember being very excited about going out of the country with a band. It was a great adventure for me. Ian came out with us. He wanted to check it out, so he bought himself a ticket, and off we went. Our first show was with the Damned at a place called the Lyceum. I was excited about this. The Damned were one of my favorite bands at the time. We loaded in the gear in the early afternoon. It was cold, and the place smelled old. I was to learn soon enough that a lot of the places in England were cold, old, and stank. I don't remember what we did until gig time. I remember Captain Sensible of the Damned coming to our dressing room and telling us that he really liked our band a lot and he was looking forward to seeing us play. He was incredibly cool. I told him I had been listening to his band for years and it meant a lot to be playing with him. He told me that the audience would probably hate us, but not to worry about it, just play, and everything would be okay. Half an hour before we went on, a man from Sounds Magazine came to interview us. I was flying around the room unable to sit still because I was so excited to be playing. We were going to go on first. Then a band called the Anti-Nowhere League would play, and then the Damned would go on. When we were told it was gig time, I went running down the steep stairs toward the stage. I wasn't thinking about anything besides getting out there. I turned a corner on the steps and ran full-on into Dave Vanian, the Damned singer. He was dressed to the hilt in his vampire gear. I nearly knocked him over. I felt like such a jerk. He was cool, though. He extended his hand and said hello. I was tripping out on that as I went down the rest of the stairs a guy whose records I had listened to for years, and all I could do was nearly send him flying down a flight of stairs. Off to a great start. We hit stage, and I probably blew my voice out on the first song because I was going for it so hard. I remember finishing that last song and looking at the audience. They just stared at us blankly. They were much too cool to acknowledge us at all. I looked out at them with all their punk rock clothes and the haircuts two feet above their heads. I knew then that they were just a bunch of weak posers and I shouldn't take them seriously. The Anti-Nowhere League sucked. They were just stupid. They couldn't play and they made no bones about it. They did pose out, though, and the audience loved them. I thought they were weak. Ian and I were told that it wouldn't be a good idea if we went into the crowd when the damned played, like we might get hurt or something. So we went way up in the nosebleed seats and watched them from there. They were great. After the show, we found a place to stay with these two American girls who were over there hanging out. We put the entire lot of us in their tiny single room. I don't know how they stood us, but they did, and they saved our asses from the cold. We were miserable. There was not a lot of money for food, and we were hungry and cold all the time. We all sat on the floor and watched Greg practice scales for hours. Time passed slowly, and it was depressing as hell. It was the first time I had to deal with the downtime that comes with touring. It's the endless hours of nothing that can crush you harder than the rigors of playing. These two girls were friends of Jimmy Percy, singer with the legendary band Sham 69. They told us that we might be able to meet him if he had time. 
This didn't mean anything to the guys, but it meant a lot to Ian and myself. We had met him briefly years before when Sham played in New York. He was cool to us and we were into checking him out. They called him and he said we could come out and visit. All of us got on a train and went way out of London. I forget where we got out, but we didn't have any money, so we faked like we didn't know what the deal was and just bolted out of there. People from the station came out and nailed us. I think the girls had some money and paid our way. We took a cab out to his place, a small house in a wooded area. He remembered Ian and I. We played him tapes of all the new stuff coming out on SST like the Minutemen, Saccharine Trust, and the Stains. He didn't like any of it. He played us one of his solo albums and we thought it sucked. I don't think any of us told him that. We talked about all kinds of stuff and I forget what most of it was about because it was so tripped out. It started to occur to me that this guy had a screw loose. He insisted that we watch the movie Oh Lucky Man with him. Cool movie. After that, he asked us if we needed any clothes. He had this big suitcase that he opened up explaining that they were his tour clothes and he didn't need them anymore. He pulled out stuff and put it on the floor. All the guys took something because we really hadn't dressed correctly for the cold. He pulled out a pair of pants that I recognized from photos of him. He told me they were his sham pants or something. He wanted me to have them to carry on some cause or whatever. I took them. I eventually gave them to a guy named Mike Heath because they fit him. It was a strange night. For some strange reason, we were supposed to do dates with Bow Wow Wow and the Exploited. The next few days were spent spinning our wheels because Bow Wow Wow kept canceling. Finally, we got to play in Manchester. We spent all of our remaining dough on petrol to make the drive. So we get to Manchester Polytechnic and we find out that we're playing with this band called Chelsea, a well-known English punk rock band. For some reason, Black Flag was headlining. I smelled trouble immediately. We didn't even have an album out there yet, just the six-pack single. We were headlining? Someone, somewhere, was going to be really pissed off. We loaded in the equipment and went upstairs to the dressing room to try and find some food. The dressing room was huge and was to be used by all the bands on the bill that night. I fall asleep on the floor next to the wall, out of the way of everything and everyone. Fine. I'm woken up by a boot in my ribs. I grab my side and look up, and there's Gene October, the singer in Chelsea. Excuse me, Los Angeles, sorry about that. I just tripped over you. Yeah, right. I go back to sleep. I get woken up again by the same boot. Oh, Los Angeles, so sorry. I remain cool, being the only flag member in the room, which is now full of Chelsea and crew. The prick. He starts talking to me. You really don't have much good music in America, do you, Los Angeles? The Dickies and the Ramones, I mean, they are a load of shit, aren't they, Los Angeles? What a drag. I had two Chelsea records at home. I just stare and nod my head. I was hoping that I would get to talk to the guy about all the bands he's played with over the years and what his band is up to, seeing as I'm a bit of a fan. It was hard to take. Hours later, Chelsea is on stage and old Gene is talking to the crowd between songs. There's some short-haired hippies from Los Angeles in the crowd tonight. It's Black Flag. I want you to get them. The crowd cheers. Me and Ian walk into the crowd smiling and waving, saying, Here we are, motherfuckers. Come and get us. No one came and got us. Not one. Personally, I was kind of hoping one or five of them would have, so I could have had the pleasure of taking nine days of misery out on one of their faces. Finally, we get to play. The kids in the crowd were really cool. I thought we were doing all right. This one boy kept spitting on me for the whole set, and I didn't do anything about it. I was trying to be cool to these people. The spitting thing was just too much for old Ian. He walked up and smacked the guy upside his head. 
After that, the entire audience took a few steps back. I apologize for Ian's actions, even though I thought what he did was right on. Now as I write this, I have to put down my pen because I'm laughing so hard. The look on that guy's face was worth the entire trip. Of course, we had no place to stay. No blankets. Nothing. We met these two girls, and they agreed to put us up at their flat. They told us not to get our hopes up because they're on the dole. We get to the flat. I was expecting a hovel. It's a split-level apartment. The place is nicer than any place I've lived in since I lived with my mom. But no heat, no hot water, no food. I wiped the spit off my hair, face, and chest as best I could with a washcloth and went to sleep on the floor in my coat. I kept waking up because of the cold and damp. Finally, morning came. We drank all the hot tea that these girls would let us have, and then we got in the truck and left for the next show. We went to London and played at a place called The Rainbow. This was our first gig with The Exploited. I remember going into the dressing room and seeing one of the roadies from The Exploited walking out with our small box of food. He looked at us and told us to come and get it if we dared. None of us thought that was such a good idea. We went into the dressing room and there was a newly punched out hole in the window and the cold air was coming through big time. We stuffed some piece of clothing into the hole. We did get a sound check though and it didn't sound so bad in there. Honey Bane was the opening act and she went out with a raincoat and an umbrella to protect herself from all the spit flying at the stage. Their bass player was the guy from the Lurkers, a favorite band of me and Ian's. I think we scared him a bit when we came up to him because we had no hair and we were all excited. He cooled out when we explained that we had all of his records. It was funny as hell to see Honey take that spit-covered raincoat off and say thank you goodnight and walk off stage without getting any spit on her. So finally, we go on. The exploited fans are probably the most thick-headed, moronic, capable of kicking the shit out of you bunch I have ever encountered. They immediately started giving us the Nazi salute and waving their football scarves. I was beyond caring at this point. We just kept out of the way of the spit and did our thing. At one point, I accidentally elbowed Chuck in the head. I opened up a cut on his forehead that took seven stitches to close. There was blood everywhere. I think this actually made the skinheads like us a little. In the next song, Chuck swung his bass around and one of the tuning pegs slashed into me, so now I was bleeding too. It was a blood festival. Chuck is pouring coke on his bass to get the blood off the strings, and we kept on playing like nothing happened. So we finish the set, and Chuck goes off to the hospital to get stitched up. Ian and I go out and check out the exploited and their singer, Waddy. They sucked. The skinheads knew every word and sang along. Finally, at the end of the set, Waddy told the crowd that the Jams gig had just let out up the street and they should go up there and beat their fans up as they went to the tube. The band played their hit song, Fuck a Mod, and the skins tore out of that place. We later found out that they indeed caught up with the people coming home from the show and beat some of them up pretty bad. One paper had it down as Black Flag Violence. Funny how often that used to happen. We would do a show and things would be fine. The pigs would show up and start shit with the kids and then a riot would happen. They always blame the youth and punk rock for all of it. There was never a riot until the pigs came and started pushing people to the ground and threatening them. That's why I don't like pigs. I've seen what they do and there's no way any of them can tell me that we were the cause of the violence. After the show, we went back to the girls' place and called it a night. We were burning out at the girls' house in London. We got a call to play the 100 Club opening for a band called Cron It was a gig and we took it. We went and loaded in through the snow. We played two sets since there was no one else playing and no one seemed to notice our presence anyway. After we got off, Cron played. A skinhead girl came up to me and kissed me on the cheek. 
I think I said something funny like, Why shucks, ma'am, thank you very much, and thought nothing more of it. The next thing I knew I was on the ground. Someone had punched me in the back of my head real hard. I got up wondering what fucking time zone I was in, and I saw the guy who delivered the sucker punch. It was this big skinhead motherfucker who was rolling up his sleeves to show me his swastika tattoos. I didn't know what I had done to deserve this beating. I kind of stood there trying to get my balance back. A roadie from the UK subs came over and talked the piece of shit skinhead out of killing me. Charlie Harper of the subs got me out of there and took me to this room in the back. He told me that the guy used to be a bouncer there and got fired for breaking a chair over another bouncer's head. I felt like I got hit with a truck. I figured out that I had been set up by the skinhead girl. It was par for the course. That's the way these pieces of shit are. This was a shitty tour, and all the worst things in the world would come our way. Shit! 
hear that a kid chill and back right you play the drum yeah and we got the item yoke on the bass too you know Oh, <laughs> 